Good morning. It's Corey Bielek. I'm CEO for Kanalaski Uranium. We're a junior explorer in the Athabasca Basin in Saskatchewan, Canada, where you find all these high-grade uranium deposits. And uh, it really is the Saudi Arabia of uranium, and we're having a fantastic year, and we've got drilling ongoing right now. How are you, Matt? I'm good. I'm good. The Saudi Arabia of uranium? We're, we're going to go on one? Yeah, we're That's good with impressive. that impressive. Yeah. Well... <laughs> On so many levels. It's the place, man. It's the place to be. <laughs> okay. Hey, well, we're we're here in London at the moment. Uh, WNA going up, World Nuclear Association Conference. Uh, why are you here? I'm here to learn about what's going on in the nuclear space. I mean, this is the place where you get all of these people coming together, utilities, producers, wannabe producers, discoverers like us. Um, and that's where you get the information, figure out what's really going on out there yeah. and what uh, what it looks like in the future. Yeah, I think I think that's true. Actually, we had some interesting conversations already yesterday and and, and this morning. Um, the the nuclear report is out. Lots of data on demand, not a lot on supply. So it comes back to that thing about how companies are positioning themselves for success and and how what's the reality of the production numbers going forward. So that'll be interesting. But from that, you know how to position yourself. You know how to perhaps to drive a narrative which which works for you. So early days for you. Explorer. So what does an Explorer talk about when a conference like this? Uh, we talk about what we're trying to do, and that's fill the front end of that production. I mean, if you're not discovering it, you're not producing it. And I think that's that's really the fundamental issue. Sometimes you're discovering it and it doesn't get the juice. That is that's true. The problem with the sector at the moment, right? So you have to find enough, right. high enough grade. Economic. The Saudi Arabia of uranium. You've got to right. look in the places where you're going to find these big deposits. Mm -hmm. And we're a company that's been focused on that for a better part of two decades now. And now we're having that success just in the last 12 months. So we're really looking forward to helping fill that front end on discovery yeah. and give optionality to the producers down the road to fill what is that large gap. Right. Just remind people that the 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 business model, because you come from, uh, well, when you walked in, it was, there's a, there was a lot of assets, right? Your portfolio approach, we'll call it, right? And you had to kind of work out how to move each of these assets forward. So you've got a whole bunch of different strategies going. Just remind people new to this story what, what you did when you came in and what you're planning on each of those assets now. Yeah, so it was a large portfolio. We've actually been adding to that portfolio, but that's part of our project generation business. So we go out there, we project generate, we develop the ideas, and then we either explore it ourselves mm -hmm. and we feel that it's something we want to pursue or bring in other companies or other parties money to help move those forward. So we're, we, we're aggressively exploring out there, but we're project generating as well to build value for Ken Alaskan and shareholders. Right. So what are we trying to do? Well, we're trying to move that portfolio forward toward that discovery. And we've been very successful at that just in the last year. So now's the time to move those forward perhaps more aggressively and get it into this market positioning that is apparently happening in uranium, mm -hmm. whereby there is a need for more production and, um, and, and get that moving. Get that moving. Make that discovery that's going to truly make a difference and literally push out some of the others right. that are out there and you already. So make that discovery that counts. Okay. So prospect generating or project generating, that's got a, that's a much longer lead time, obviously, but it, it's, it's a backstop. It's, it's filling the hopper. Mm -hmm. Right. With regards to exploration, you, you've got a couple of drills going at the moment on your own projects and elsewhere for on JVs. Is that right? Yeah, correct. So we just got back to West MacArthur, drilling that Pike Zone Discovery, that high-grade discovery that we announced last summer and continued to work on through the winter, where we've got now 160 meters of connected mineralization, some very high grades, up to 25% mm. uh, locally. So it's looking correct. It's smelling correct, as we talked about yeah. last time. Yeah. So, um, so we're pursuing that fairly aggressively 
right now. We've got two drills on that target, one right at Pike Zone, one on a peripheral target very nearby that looks correct. Again, trying to build that size, show that it has that potential to be the next Cigar MacArthur, that tier one asset in the Athabasca Basin. Um, so our partner there is Cameco. So we're, we're right near the MacArthur River operation. So it's a, it's a perfect place to go out and make a new discovery that's large. Then we've got a second new discovery just announced this spring with our partner Dennis in our Moon Lake South JV. We own 25% of that project and we're going to get back drilling there probably next week. Okay. So, so we're going to have three drills turning over the next two to three months and lots of news flow for Canalaska, the uranium space. Right. And again, I'm going to make this, this show about for people who are new coming into um, mining, coming into uranium. Okay. Yeah. There's lots of experts who will tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm asking the wrong questions, but I'm, for, for that, the new guys. Let's go, let's talk about Calico, right? So some, some mixed messages in the market from them. The share price is doing well, but some mixed messages around production, the timing and, 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 and so forth. And it comes back to that thing of where's the net, where's the supply coming from? Not talking about it, doing it, which is, which is hard. Not just for Calico, across the industry as a whole. So with the drilling that you're doing, yes, some high grades, sort of relatively narrow at the moment, okay? <laughs> How do you scale projects like that? How do you go hunting for it, sniffing it out, yeah. as, as it were, to show that this can be Cameco's next big project or some point down the line? Part of that is doing the right work to actually show it has the size potential. Yes, right. we have narrow, high grade. We've got a lot of alteration associated with the system. We've got it over a large strength like length now, football field and a half connected and targets that lie within two kilometers of that. So. If you think about MacArthur River and what do you need to see to go, okay, this could be it. You need to see it over several kilometers. Right. Okay. okay. So you've got to step out. You've got to be aggressive in your step outs, move out and away and show its potential. You can come back and infill later. Yeah. If you're getting connected mineralization over several hundred meters, a kilometer, two kilometers, you're starting to talk about a system that is a MacArthur type system. Got it. MacArthur occurs over six kilometers, strike length, really. So you've got to be seeing something of that size, and that's exactly what we're seeing at West MacArthur. Something like that. So you get obviously the partner, you've got the money to Absolutely. do that. Have they again? Because the, the the markets, we'll talk macro in a second, but just mm -hmm. briefly, the market's obviously moving. We you know um, was you know spot price over sixty bucks, sixty bucks, touch sixty bucks. It's getting exciting now. It's doubled in the last two years. Um, contracts starting to starting to happen, but it's, it isn't kind of moving full full force yet. So. Are companies like Cameco, Arano, and all of the other kind of big guys, are they getting um, incentivized yet to actually put the money into projects in Canada, which they've been ignoring, really, for the last five or ten years? Is that starting to happen? Are you hearing about better budgets, bigger budgets needing to go? We are entering the budgeting process, so I can't really speak to next year uh, and our partnerships there, but I will say that what I'm hearing is that, yes, mm. there is starting to be the recognition that there is not enough primary supply coming and the deposits need to be found. And anything you can find that's big, higher enough grade, immediately displaces the others. So that's what we're focused on, and that's exactly what a Camacor or Rano want to find. Mm. They want to find those deposits that are truly tier one, slide into their system or their portfolio or their pipeline of projects and move it forward to production because there is a problem coming and 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 it's a real problem and i've been speaking to it for a few years now that you know just in the athabasca basin that production has a finite life yeah you know you've got cigar maybe six years uh currently known uh, you've got macarthur in under 15 years now 
Um, so you're looking at timelines that you need to know now what you're going to produce into those contracts that are potentially being signed today forward in time. And, th and that, that, that's a potential big problem. But well, I think it's, I think it's a real problem. I think, yeah. I think there's, as with all industries and as with all markets, there, there, there are going to be hurdles that need to be overcome. I think some of them are going to be bigger than, bigger than others. And that supply component, I'm ramming that message home because that's everything I'm hearing from people behind the curtain at the moment, even some, from some of the poster child companies, is not going to be as long a life of mine. It's not going to be as high grade and it's not going to be as economic as you think. Not that utilities care, but if you're investing in public companies, you, you perhaps, producers, you perhaps should. Um, okay, so that's what's happening on the exploration front. Just with the, kind of the rest of the way you're managing that portfolio, because you've got to... You got to stay alive, mm -hmm. be alive. You got to stay relevant. So you, we, we know some spin out of some nickel assets uh, in the headlines recently. Tell us about that. Yeah. So that so one of the things we did during a low uranium market, as you know, is we went out and developed this incredible district scale nickel portfolio in Thompson, Manitoba. So that's one of the premier nickel districts on the planet. Totally underexplored for the last forty years. So we developed this district scale portfolio. Now we're finding a way to monetize that. So one way we did it was we took some of those projects and we're, we did a deal with Volterra uh, Resources. So they're going to come in and they're going to invest up to $9 million into several projects to move those forward over the next number of years. We're working through that definitive agreement phase right now. Now, just recently, we've announced the spin-out of Core Nickel Corp, which will be taking five properties, high-value properties in the Thompson Belt, and moving those into a new vehicle for our Alaska shareholders that can then go on its own, fly by itself. Right. And we've just put in a leadership team in place. They're going to move that all forward. That hopefully is done if it gets through the AGM by November. And uh, our shareholders are going to benefit by that monetization or creation of a new company. Talk me through the, the, the assumptions that you've made around that. Because we've, we've seen a handful of instances where spin-outs have happened and the stock has got crushed. The value of the company is up here at the time of the deal, and now it's like, you know, 20% of that now. So yep. you've got to time the market, mm -hmm. you've got to value it properly, mm -hmm. you've got to, you've got to do a good deal for your shareholders, right, so that they can benefit from this, and isn't just another disappointment in, 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 in another market scenario, which should have been good, but it's not, it's, you know, capitalists come and go, and there's not a lot of people as advertised, right? So with those deals, what was important to you in terms of who you selected, the, their access to capital, their ability to do what they say they're going to do, and drive and that growth story. Well, for Volterra, they've got a, a pretty well-known group behind them, Manex Group. So they've done a lot of deals over many decades. Mm -hmm. So they're well-rooted and they're able to raise the money. So that's not a concern. It was just a question of who do we want to work with? Right. Who is going to bring that money to the table with us? Who is going to work with us to explore these, these projects and, and do it the right way? And really get them moving. So we were comfortable moving ahead of Volterra for four of the properties. Uh, we'll operate it for okay. them, at least out of the gate. They'll be their option later on, but we're going to operate it out of the gate for them. So we'll be, you know, it'll be almost like a joint venture. Is that your preference? Well, it, you know what it is, yeah. actually, in many ways, because we've got the team that can execute. Uh, Volterra doesn't at this stage. Uh, we've got the team that is very familiar with those projects, um, so they can execute wisely and move them forward. We've already built the plan right. over a number of years of, of, you know, we know where to drill. We know where to move some of these projects forward fairly quickly. We're just waiting for the investment to come in, and now it's in. Right. 
Um, on the flip side, uh, who do we work with for, for the, the spin-out? Well, I mean, we're going to put some money out of Can Alaska into that because we're well-capitalized. That'll get it moving, but we're working on getting it ready to go out and do its first raise. Right. Explain to me the difference between money, some, sometimes cruelly referred to as dumb money, okay. and strategic partners. Sounds okay. like, you know, you've got a partner who you're saying can I access capital, so that's Absolutely. good news, and you guys know what you're doing, so that's good. It's a type of money that's coming. What else are they bringing to the party in the first instance? In terms of Volterra? Yeah. Uh, well, a very experienced management group. So they have done it before. They've gone out, they've raised the money, they've brought it into projects. Marketed for, what, what are they doing for you operationally? Uh, operationally, uh, well, they've got a, they do have a fairly good technical team as well, um, but not for execution. So they're bringing a lot of nickel experience to the table, uh, which is good for us, you know. But next, I'm trying to get as nickel experience. I said market facing nickel express. I said this is how we should frame whatever work you're doing. Therefore, we'll, we would like to have a conversation about where you're drilling, what you're drilling for, and what what, what we can then talk to the market about. Or are they, it's just that operationally on the ground, let's just have a chat about your assumptions versus our assumptions and, and where, where do we sit? It's actually both. Right. Uh, I'll be honest. It's both. It's okay. both because it is a fairly strong technical uh, group there as well. So they bring a lot to the table. Yeah, uh, work with us. We talk about the targets when we move things forward. But then there's the um, then there's the other side where, you know, okay, how do we message this out? Mm. How do we drive the story? Important. Right. How do we how do we how do we how do we get that enthusiasm that we see and understand mm. out and understandable the general shareholders. So I think that'll provide a lot of value. So they're strategic they're strategic around. They're strategic money. Okay. For us. Yes. What what else can we expect to see going forward? Because like I said, you you are spending a lot of play, struggling with balls how we're not to use to you know, stay alive and, and, and relevant, but there's got to be moments that you can monetize or crystallize or at least um, ensure you're not diluting the heck out of your shareholders. Okay. So mm -hmm. any plans that you need to be aware of in terms of the next 20, 12 months? Well, we'll get this nickel stuff done, dusted. Okay. On the uranium side, uh, we've got a large portfolio and we continue to look to the similar type of deal right. where we can access the capital from other parties to actually move a lot of these projects forward. And we got some, we had some big ones in, in the stream. Well, that, that's what, that's what right? I want to ask, okay? Because okay. Um, look at the last cycle, mm -hmm. 50 companies to 500 companies, mm -hmm. right? Most of those weren't very good. Yep. Most of those didn't make any money. We're never destined to produce and we're always going to struggle. You've got to, you've got to kind of work out, because again, not all of your projects will be, you know, A-listers, but you've got to pick the ones that you think will be the best chance of success with the best team, with access to capital, and timing the market right with the right narrative. So a lot of things, and there's more things that you've got to get right there. And there's going to be a bunch of stuff where it's like, hit it and hope a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So hit it and hope can be with others' money. Exactly. Right? So that's the project generation stuff. Yeah. You know, and we've been really positioning our portfolio back to the Eastern Athabasca Basin area. Yeah. Um, because we see opportunity there beyond, geologically beyond where we may have some of our projects positioned in the West, for instance. So... We're moving ourselves back to our comfort zone. We're moving ourselves back to new ideas within that comfort zone. And I think you're going to see a lot of opportunity there to bring in outside parties, other parties, mm -hmm. to work with us to move those forward. And that's the key. We've got to find those deals that will allow us to minimize dilution and focus at West MacArthur and Lake South, for instance, right. but also move everything else forward at the same time. And and I think what that, 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 that's going to be a good thing. I'm really like, well, where do I invest? Do I invest in the company that you JV with or do I stick with you? Because they're going to spend their money doing this. If it doesn't work out, you get the asset back, presumably. 
So they kind of slightly de-risk. That can happen. Yeah. It can happen. Yeah, right? it can happen. Okay, so just, well, let's just think again, explain to people the, the different types of scenarios and types of, different types of deal structures that you've got available to you. There's all sorts of, of deal options on the table from outright sale, which is not something we normally do, but it's a possibility, to more of an option arrangement where we allow uh, them to earn an interest, the outside party to earn an interest in a project. It can be 60%, it can be 80, depends. Uh, we retain it as residual generally with a royalty. We take cash and shares along the way. So we can, we as Ken Alaska can actually benefit from that discovery through ownership of the other entity. A good example is base energy. We own 20% of base energy. They came into three of our newly generated projects. That's turned into a potential $15 million deal. We own 20% of them. If they have any kind of success, we've got a lot of skin in the game with them through that share ownership. So but, we're along for the ride. Right. But on the downside, if it doesn't go well, you get the asset back. Get the asset back. Right. Absolutely. And we go again. Uh, and we go again. Now, they may retain the asset, but, you know, if, you know, as we saw, increase to be a good example where, you know, that uh, post-Fukushima post events, we actually got that asset back. And now we own Cree East 100%. But it's got 10 years of assessment life on it yet. So it's got a long runway in front of it. Mm. And we'll look for partners there too to move that forward. So we've got a lot of opportunity there. A lot of high value opportunity. Yeah, I guess some people, investors need an easy range space. Yeah. It's understanding the length of that runway and then monetization and growth, creative uh, or otherwise, uh, during that long run up, as it were, to success. Mm. Um, let's... So busy, busy, busy is what I'm hearing. Next 12 months, but lots, well, lots more drilling coming through, as it sounds like, and the JVs are all going well. Everyone's gung-ho about the market. So let's talk about the market and why they're gung-ho. So, you know, they should be. We've mentioned, okay, um, spot price doubled in the last two years. Good news, we're up over 60. Mm -hmm. Good news. Um, more contracts been talked about and discussed. We've talked about maybe the issue around supply. The demand is definitely, definitely there. Um, what what do we how do we view this market because you know some people say oh it's like the last cycle some people say, well it, it is but it's not like the last cycle it's how do you read the next 12 months in terms of what the, the market uh, has got in front of that i believe it is totally different from the last cycle because this has a foundation built around uh no no less deposits or reserves mm. being present growing demand which we all know, but I would I would argue that small modular reactor demand and that whole piece isn't even factored in to that demand curve. So you've probably got a bigger gap than people realize. Uh, so I, I think now this cycle is totally different from the last. The last was truly hype. This one is built on a foundation of clean energy requirements. And nuclear and SMRs in particular are gonna be game changing. And it's, it's just a fantastic event I think we're going to be a part of here. And I wouldn't say just 12 months. I would say we're looking at multi-years in this one. The last cycle was very short-lived. This one, I believe, is going to be much longer and sustained because we're talking about converting the world's energy supply to clean, much cleaner forms of energy like nuclear provides. So it's totally different. Yeah. And it's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. Saudi Arabia, if you're medium. It is. We've, um, don't know how to address you now. Uh, we should, we should, we because, because it's, it's, I think it will be more sustainable, but I think it's a chance of being more sustainable because if the supply is not there, we got problems. So it's very exciting for those who do or can, not so much for the, for the others and the utilities perhaps are going to 
get a little bit nervous as well. The utility should be getting a little bit nervous. And I think we're going to start to see that in long-term contracting. I do. Because security of supply is a real issue, whether it's geopolitical, whether it's uh, market-related, doesn't matter. Um, production curtailments or production uh, problems, as we've seen recently, are, are you know potentially game-changing in there too. So I think security of supply is the biggest issue, and I think that's all going to unfold fairly quickly in the next 12 to 18 months. And, um, and I expect that to be just an incredible run in front of us when that sort of switch goes on. And it's going to be fantastic. Sheikh Bellet, thank you very much for your turn today. Always, always a pleasure. <laughs>